lo and behold, um, they worked everything out, and uh, Joey Bosa has signed with the Chargers. So since he signed, there's really no reason to talk about it because he signed. <laughs> um, so that will not be discussed tonight. I do want to, while we're waiting on uh, Train and uh, K-Star to join us, I, I'm curious, JB, have you watched Hard Knocks at all? No, I have not. Um, my time is unfortunately limited, so I haven't had a chance to. Okay. Okay. Um, well, you know, let me. I'm gonna talk about it a little bit. Uh, there's still two more episodes, and uh, you know, I'm gonna talk about it just because you know I was gonna bring it up later, but I want to save the hot stuff for when we have a full crew. But um, you know, I, I have to say this. Well, first of all. I want everybody to realize that uh, their first game, the Los Angeles Rams, they're the topic of hard knocks, was against Dallas Cowboys, 92,000-plus people in attendance, and um, it set a record. And, you know, for people that question America's team and all of that, that's why. Because you bring the Cowboys into town, and everybody wants to see the Cowboys. Now, you know, the Rams, sure, you know, they got their old faithful, but – that wouldn't have happened with any other team. I'm sorry. That's what the Cowboys bring to the nation, uh, bring to the bring to the party. And um, but you know, I have to say that beyond that, <laughs> I, I you know, I guess I guess HBO and I don't I don't know the relationship between HBO and the NFL. Okay, and I don't know how they pick their teams. I know in the past teams have declined. Um, you know, Bill Belichick, I know, once was asked and he declined. Um, so I do know that teams have declined to go on hard knocks. They think it, it's a, a distraction. And, you know, um, but that said, I, I'm pretty sure that the NFL said we really would like you to do focus on the Rams. You know, they're moving back home, so to speak. And I think it'll be good for the league. It'll be good for viewership and to get some interest in the Rams. Um, but I got to tell you, I, I don't care. I mean, you know, they're, they're not a relevant franchise. When you look at what's been going on in the NFL, they're not relevant. Um, and nothing about what I've seen has excited me at all, other than watching them, watching the part against the Cowboys, which I watched the game, so I didn't even really need to see that. Uh, but I just, I just think, I think it's interesting when there is either – a player issue or a franchise issue that they can discuss. You know, the Cowboys were back in the past with T.O. was on there, and, you know, we've had the Texans with J.J. Watt, and I thought that was very entertaining. Uh, you know, when there's a, a dominant player that they can focus on or a coach or something, then I think it's interesting. But I just, you know, I don't care about Jeff Fisher, to be honest with you. You know, I he's – I think he's an average coach, and I'm surprised he's still coaching, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, Goff is not lighting it up. And, you know, Gurley's just coming back off an injury. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. I just my, – my feelings are for next year, I really think they need to go after a, a, a franchise – that brings stories that we want as fans, we really are interested about, you know, I think the Seahawks would have been a good team to do, you know, I think, um, I think the, the, the Broncos would have been a good team to focus on post Peyton Manning. Um, I think that would have been a story that people wanted to hear. Let's see, you know, the quarterback battle that I guess has been decided at least for now, but, and then uh, Mark Sanchez 
you know, ended up over there. And, you know, I, I just think there's so many more compelling stories. Yeah, even the Cowboys, although I don't know, you know, you know, people get tired of the Cowboys. But even the Cowboys would have been a, a, a team that I think would have drew, you know, good ratings and there's plenty of storylines. Um, Patriots, obviously, but I don't think Bill Belichick wants that. Um, I don't think he wants that uh, visibility. Um, so I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is it's it's a good series. I enjoy it, but I think the Rams this year was not uh, their best choice. Jay, if you get a chance to catch it on demand or you know whatever, uh, you know I would I would welcome you to check it out and to see if it's something that uh, see if I'm right. See what you think. If you get a chance, well, if you get a chance, you know it's it's. it's I'm interested in, in your thoughts on this. Switching gears a little bit, but it's still pertinent to the discussion. L.A. Rams, oh, formerly known as the St. Louis Rams, and you talk about not really drawing a lot of interest for you in, in hard knocks. Let's expand it out a little bit. Would you prefer the, 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 the Oakland Raiders to have come down instead of St. Louis going to Los Angeles? When you talk about history and you talk about the, 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 what makes L.A. L.A., I mean, personally, I would have preferred the Raiders there, and I put a, would have preferred the Raiders being on hard knocks just because I think the silver and black, especially given the fact that they had success as a Los Angeles team back in the early 80s, I would have loved to have seen that myself. What, what are your thoughts on it? Well, um, yeah, but they, they, they didn't do well in Los Angeles, um, you know, and, and the Raider faithful didn't accept them moving to Los Angeles, um, and thus the, one of the reasons why they ended up moving back to Oakland. Um, you know, a, a storied franchise like that, uh, I, I question. I mean, I actually talked to my man Chuck. You know Chuck. Chuck is a mm-hmm. diehard Raider fan, and I said, rumors about the Raiders in Vegas, what do you, what do you think? And he was completely against the Ram move, I mean, the, the Los Angeles move. He was completely, a matter of fact, um, he never bought one L.A. Raider anything. He kept his Oakland gear. He said, they'll be back, and he was right. Um, now he said that he's actually open to Vegas. He said that would be the only place that I think would make sense for them to move to. Um, with the history of Vegas, and then you bring in, in a storied franchise like that, yeah, he said, I could see that. He said, nowhere else, though. So I don't think I would have been very interested had the, had the Raiders decided to move back there, had they been the franchise move, because I, was, I, I remember the first go-around, and it was forgettable. I mean, they, you know, it wasn't – that's why they moved back. So um, the Rams moving back, I think, made more sense. You know, I think it, in, in time – you know, obviously, L.A. Is a, is a much bigger market. It's a much bigger TV market. I think in time, it'll be uh, a better place for the Rams than St. Louis was. And you know what? They're an NFC West team, you know, not Midwest. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think I think it aligns the divisions properly the way, should, the way they should be as, as well, too. So, um, no, I don't, I, I, I don't think I would have been more interested. I, I don't I don't think that would have been a good move. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, that's my opinion. It out there. Yeah, you never yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, yeah. it's worth drumming up conversation because a lot of people out there wish the Raiders would move back. A lot of people out there would rather have the Rams move back. So we want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, I'm kind of in agreement yeah. with Chuck overall. I wouldn't mind seeing the Raiders in, in Las Vegas either. 
just because of the, the outlaw days of Vegas and you think of the Raiders being the outlaw, silver and black, patch old eye. I think that would be a good good match also. But um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. Now, what do you know about Trevor Simeon, 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 whatever his name is? I, I, you know, I don't know the guy. I, I, I know nothing about him. I just know he is not a starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the bigger picture really should be how Sanchez lost this job because this was – you can't have something gift wrap any nicer or neater than this one was for him. When you have uh, uh, Paxton Lynch, a late first-rounder, uh, heir apparent to the throne, but not after at least two or three years under his belt, and you've got Simeon, who's a seventh-round Northwestern product that played well at times at Northwestern, struggled a bit at times at Northwestern. Uh, from what I recall and remember, he wasn't he wasn't a four-year starter. So you, you, you throw all that in a bowl and you mix it up, and you expect the cream of the crop to rise to the top, and you expect that to be Sanchez. The fact that he got beat out by not only a seventh-rounder who had one snap, and that was a kneel down in last year, it sounds like he's also been beat out by a rookie. So the bigger story is how bad Sanchez lost this thing than it is with, with Simeon being the starter. Now, from what I've heard on, on talk shows and radios and read on press and whatnot, this seems to be the real deal. I mean, he's had a chance to learn under arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Peyton Manning. He's had a couple of years underneath him for two years, so he seems to have been studying quite a bit and taking a lot of notes because he is a starting quarterback. Is there a lot of information to be had on him? No, not really because he hasn't done anything in the NFL yet, but this was his time to shine, and apparently he's done enough to shine because he's a starting quarterback now. Mm. So I'll I'll say it in another way. I'll say it another way. You can look at it either from one or two perspectives. You can look at it from the standpoint of he's taken his opportunity and he's ran with it, or Sanchez is just that bad. Pick one. Mm. Yeah, I just didn't know anything about the guy. And um, for him to be, you know, now he's in his second year. Is that what I'm hearing? The second or third, I need to go back and check. I want to say this is year number three. Um, my gut tells me year number three, and I don't have my laptop available to um, to go and find out, but I can get in a second. But I think this is year number three. But I do know he was a, a late a late draft pick, seventh round, and um, he was really just there to, to ride the pine a bit. Come to find out, he's done more than just ride the pine since he's been underneath Peyton Manning. It looks like he's done him some good. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'll wait. I, you know, I'm a uh, believe it when I see it kind of guy, I guess. Um, and I guess yeah, we too. will. What's that? Uh, me too, because um, I, I need to see. I need to see proof. Uh, just because you're handed the keys to the Lamborghini doesn't mean you're not to drive the car. So I, I want to see what he's made of. Even if I'm able to catch some preseason games, I've caught some. I wasn't overly impressed, but again, given the fact that Sanchez was brought in to to, to be the starter day one, and now he's looking at being cut, I think that's a bigger issue uh, uh, to discuss than 
than Simeon being a starter. Because, like I said, you can't get a gift wrap any better than that. And and to lose it to a rookie and to a, a seventh-round pick, and you're the one that has all the experience. You're the one that's taking your, your old team, the Jets, to AFC championship games, multiple ones and consecutive ones, if I remember correctly. Now you're at a standpoint where you're in the Mile High City. You've got returning defending Super Bowl champs, and you lose the starting job in preseason? Preseason. Yeah, but was he ever really the starter? Was he ever really the starter, though, or did, was he brought in to compete? Was he brought in because, you know, he, he has had some success, and, hey, you know what? <laughs> we don't really know what we're going to do here, so, yeah, let's give him a chance to compete and see what happens. I, I don't know that this – I mean, he was a backup. You know, I don't think they brought him in to give him the job. I think they brought him in to give him a chance. Okay, look at the competition. Well, I agree, yeah, but 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 he's a backup now. I mean, he didn't come in. You know, it's not like he, you know, starter, and they, you know, it's not like when, uh, you know, Drew Brees went from San Diego to uh, to to New Orleans. You know, this is a guy who was sitting on the bench. So I, I get what you're saying, but he's been in decline, and he's been where he's at now for a few years. Um, so it, it really doesn't surprise me that he didn't get the job. <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, what, but, but I'm saying that not knowing anything about Trevor Simeon. Yeah. And he's he's actually his second year. He was a rookie last year. So this is his second year. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought I heard it was in his second year. So, you know, you got a guy that's in his second year that's taken, I think I heard somewhere he's taken one NFL snap in his career. And then you've got, I think they got Paxton Lynch over there, right? They just drafted. Yeah. Right. You know, and, um, I think what will be interesting to see is does um, who who you know who's the backup and who's third string. Now that's going to be interesting, you know. Well, yeah, I, and I think with all these uh, cuts that are coming up, I don't think that I don't think that third string quarterback is on their roster yet. Well, maybe. But I don't know, though. I mean, with, with, with the quarterback issues now with Bridgewater adding to the issues, do you let go of a, of a veteran like Sanchez, you know? And now you have two quarterbacks between them that have had one NFL snap. And who's out there? I mean, you know, is there anyone out there that, that's better um, as a backup? And I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, you know? That's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, I mean, is Geno Smith still on the roster? Technically, yep. I think he's in the same boat that um, that Sanchez is in. Yeah. In terms yeah. of fighting for a, a roster spot, I think they're both in the same boat. Well, you know, when you look at um, what's been going on with um, Romo and now Bridgewater. I think teams are really going to be cautious about their quarterback death chart um, because, I mean, the Cowboys went into this season with Romo, with Kellen Moore, and uh, Jamil Showers, and then they went and got Dak Prescott, thankfully. But he wasn't brought in to be what he is today. And Kellen Moore getting hurt um, wasn't expected. He's out, you know, 
four to six months. Pretty much, I think at this point they're going to put him on IR because I don't think they can afford a roster spot. If if everything had been okay, they might have kept him on, uh, put him on, uh, you know, the short term IRDA week one and see. But now I think he's going to go on IR for the year. Uh, Showers has not done much to light it up. Um, they've given him chance after chance, and he just hasn't been very impressive. And and, and then of course Dak is now the starter, and Romo's hurt. And I think, you know, now Minnesota's going to have a similar quandary about what do we do, uh, at least in their situation. Their guy, he's, you know, torn ACL, he's out for the year. So that's that. So now it's like, okay, what do we do? And I think teams are going to be very leery about letting go of a Mark Sanchez, a Geno Smith, a guy that has played and knows his system, that's got some experience. They're going to be very leery about letting that go. Uh, even if that guy's a third quarterback, because w- with these recent injuries, you know, both of these within a week of each other, knowing how this game is. So that is not going to speak well for what the Cowboys are going to want to do and for what Minnesota may want to do. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough position to be in um, because, like you said, it depends on who else is available, and how good are they, how fast can they learn the system. Even as a third-string quarterback, you still need to be ready because you never know what's going to happen with the quarterbacks in front of you. I see reports coming out now that Dallas is going to work out Austin Davis. So, um, obviously, you remember him from Cleveland. He didn't exactly light it up out there either. Nope. So, with the Vikings situation, it's a precarious one to be in, and I don't envy him one bit. Um, but I kind of agree with you. I think with Romo's injury, with Bridgewater's injury, Folks that have individuals on the team that are third stringers that may have been a second or even a starter may not want to let that go. Um, or if they want to keep them but they're willing to trade, they may have a high asking price for it. So that, that might be a deterrent to keep them on board. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Well, I guess time will tell. Um, yeah, I had a feeling they were going to work out Austin Davis, um, I, you know, it was pretty. It was pretty pr- predictable. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, I mean, there's still other folks out there. The Michael Vicks of the world is still out there. Yeah, he's out there for a reason, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he's out there, but it's for a reason. You well, know? I mean, but you think about it. you think about these two injuries that have come up, and you want to make sure that you're prepared for worst case scenarios. Um, now, yeah, granted, he is out there for a reason, but he still is out there. And if someone yeah. needs a, a quarterback that has had some kind of success, be it um, earlier in their career or a little later on or points in between or showed inconsistencies, at least at least you can say with Vic he has had some success in, in the NFL. He definitely has. So um, for folks that might be a bit desperate or may want to stretch a bit, he is a viable option. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. As a backup, maybe come in for a game. Um, but I just think he's, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I've always liked Michael Vick. I've always felt that Michael Vick has gotten a raw deal ever since the dog fighting issue. I always felt that, um, you know, I'm glad the NFL gave him a second chance. He was able to come in and sign a pretty big contract and uh, try to get his life together. And I, by all accounts, it's exactly what he's done. 
I felt bad that the pro, the super pro pet people are still holding it against him, even though he still goes around voluntarily and speaks out against dog fighting and, and violence against dogs. Um, he doesn't have to. It was the terms of his probation. He's already satisfied all those terms. He doesn't have to, but he still does. He he has said he understands and regrets his actions. And, you know, in a world where Donald Trump can get up there and offend everybody and people can applaud, and this guy does something that was egregious, that was unfortunate, and I get it, and he got what he deserved. He lied, and then he went to jail for 20, 21 months. Um, I agree, but when in this country are we going to realize that if someone pays their debt to society, that means they've earned a second chance? And he did. He paid his debt to society. He he lost millions doing that, and that's his fault. I'm not saying we got to pity him, but he lost millions. And, you know, the, the slack that he still gets to this day, you know, there was a thread in the, in the Dallas Cowboy forum on, on Facebook where they said, would you guys want Vic back? And I couldn't believe all the people that said, no, we don't want Vic here. You know, this guy was a dog murderer. And I'm thinking, well, he used to be. He has now done more with his high profile name than all of you so-called pet lovers put together. He has brought more awareness, raised more money for, you know, animal rights and animal preservation, and you guys are still giving him a hard time? I, I don't get it. So all those reasons, I like Michael Vick, um, and I would love to see him come in and be successful on a team, but I just think it's, it's, it's about over, you know. It, it's, it's about over. Um, yeah, it, let's it, go to yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, I was just throwing it out there. Sometimes you just need an able body. Maybe folks, you know, the Austin Davises of the world will be enough to put the time instead of him. But maybe. nevertheless, he is out there. Uh, let's go to the phones and bring on one of the best Madden players to play the game. He is here. He, he is logged in. We are now on three. I don't know where our fourth is. But we've got our third K-Star. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Well, I wish uh, – I'm, I'm sorry, I can't be K-Star tonight, but I can be Dr. Train. Oh, it's Dr. Train. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was my mistake. Let me rephrase that. The man with the philosophy, the man with the Ph.D., the doctor himself is in the house. Dr. Train, welcome to the Mad Voice. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I truly apologize for my tardiness, man. Whew. Well, we've got but I'm here. and we're waiting, I'm here. we're waiting on K-Star who – who reached out exactly nine o'clock and said that he has severe storms and the phone, you know, couldn't falls because of the severe thunderstorms and uh, that he would be on as soon as he could. So hopefully, um, hopefully he will join us to round out our quartet. Um, And Jay and I have been just batting around some of the, some of the softer issues over the week. We're saving the heavy stuff for when we have um, a full crew. Um, Let me ask you, Dr. Jane, have you and I know yeah. you you know got things coming up in your life, so your TV time might be limited. But have you had a chance to watch Hard Knocks? Oh crap! Breaking up. I'm sorry. Say it again, T. That's okay. Have you had a chance to watch Hard Knocks? No, HBO? no, I I haven't. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, uh, HBO is one of the channels that I don't have unless I can catch it on something else. But I haven't seen Hard Knocks. No. Okay. Um, I'm not impressed. That was kind of my main point, as I wasn't really impressed. Oh, okay. 
And, um, you know, I was wondering if anybody else had seen it and was it just me, but I'm not impressed. So I, I think they need to get, and I've said this earlier, I think they need to get, you know, a, a better franchise. I don't think, I think trying to focus on the Rams moving and making that this big super story, I think it's just after the first half hour of that, it's like, okay, you know, you moved. Yay. Okay. Uh, now what? You know, <laughs> so, it, yeah, I just, you know, um, and, you know, and I think everyone out there listening, everybody listening on podcast knows kind of the two big things we're going to talk about is, you know, Tony Romo's injury and, of course, the big issue, the big one, um, the the the, um, the uh, Broncos and uh, the Trevor Simeon. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the big one is um, <laughs> like, <what? laughs> uh, Colin Kaepernick and his stand, pun intended, I'm on a national anthem, and that's been hot and heavily contested. I've been looking forward to um, to discussing that tonight. Um, but you know, uh, we need we. I really want K Star as part of this conversation. I'm really hoping his thunderstorms pass, and um, I I, I already kind of have insight as to what his position is, and I really would like to um, you know, get a little bit more from him. Um, but. In the meantime, maybe, maybe we can talk a little bit about Teddy Bridgewater, as that is late breaking news. Oh, and uh, wow. yeah, so in case people don't know, Teddy Bridgewater has suffered a dislocated knee and a torn ACL. Um, you know, so uh, he's 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 done for the year. They're calling this injury significant. Um, you know, now obviously with today's medicines and treatments and all of that you stop short of saying career ending um it 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 seems that virtually you know uh, all of these severe injuries guys are back in a season or so um including acls and and all types of stuff so let's not go that far yet but um I'm, I'm going to just read what I'm looking at here so that you know the problem is i'm on nfl.com and i really need to figure out a way I hate the fact that you go on a page and a video just starts up. And what if I don't want to hear the video? I don't, I don't want to hear the video. Would you stop having the video automatically start up, please? There's a way to shut that. I don't want to hear the video. I don't want to hear the video. Okay. Um, so after undergoing an MRI, it was determined that Teddy suffered a complete tear to his ACL and other structural damage. Fortunately, there appears to be no nerve or arterial damage. Surgical repair will be scheduled within the next few days. Although the recovery time will be significant, we expect Teddy to make a full recovery. Um, blah, blah, blah. Teddy has already displayed the attitude needed to overcome this injury and attack the rehab. So there you go. Um, thoughts? JB? Well, I put on my little mini medical hat. When I see the, the term other structural damage with uh, coupled with a ACL tear and a knee dislocation, I start to think about the meniscus and MCL are probably the other structure they're referring to. It, will he play again this year? Uh, I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it, especially with the fact that I he has. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not. He won't play this year. That's not going to happen. No, no. No, and I'm and I'm reading the same thing that you're reading, and 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 uh, Zimmer is saying it doesn't look good right now. No, he's not going to play this year. That's how it looks. Um, yeah, he'll be, back, he'll be back next year. Um, some at some point next year. Question is, who's the backup? Uh, I don't even uh, who's their it roster. Doesn't matter who the backup is. 
<laughs> oh uh, man, this guy. He was waiting on that. Sean one. Hill. Okay, got me. Sean Hill and Joel Stave. No, Joel Stave. Oh, I know who Sean Hill is. I do not know who Joel Stave is. Yeah, well, um, that, that makes two. I mean that that puts further emphasis on the running game with Peter. Um, yeah, they, don't they have that backup that was pretty good while while um, Peterson was, was out with the uh, domestic issue? I can't remember his name either, but McKinnon. They're gonna have to Jerry McKinnon. Yeah, thank you. That's what I was thinking. They're gonna have to rely on that run game, and they're gonna have to rely on that defense. Given the fact that Bridgewater wasn't the uh, the gunslinger, he's not gonna be back there throwing 35, 40, 45 times a game. That's just not how they're built. So that. That's a saving grace, if you will, for the Vikings. But still, you need to have a good decision-maker back there. And that's one thing that you can't take away from him. He was a very good decision-maker. He kept the turnovers to a minimum. Will Sean Hill be able yeah. to do that? Don't know. Um, he's going to have to be that, that quote-unquote game manager if the Vikings are going to have any form of success. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead, Trey. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, okay. I was just gonna say, man, I I I I hate it. Yeah, I, I know the Vikings is a team in our division, man, and yeah, I want to beat them. Uh, why I hate it because uh, mainly because I'm a I'm a fan of I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan of 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 brothers being at the quarterback position, and I I, yep. I want to see them all be successful and um. The, the way they they make it sound initially is that even his recovery is going to be tough, and um, you know, it makes you wonder will it will he will he have his wheels under him even when he comes back because you know that's that's just a part of their game, that's, that's part of his game. Anyway, but it is it. My well, heart goes I think out the, because I, I just want to be successful. That this and him, it just it, it just kind of stuck, especially in a year that everyone predicted him to really like turn the corner. They go, you know, go get all these weapons for him, and yeah, yeah. I think the one thing to keep in mind is, um, you know, he is on a team with a running back that has gone through this something similar twice, um, and has come back in top form. And I think I think there's going to be a, I think that's a good thing for Teddy that his teammate can sit there and coach him and advise him and be like, "Yeah, you'll be back. I went through it <laughs> two times." And, you know, don't worry. You know, I mean, you got to put in the work, but I think the fact that he's got that on his team, um, you know, I think the other thing to think about though is um, you know, Father Time is undefeated. And Adrian Peterson is, I believe, 31. Um, And, you know, how long, you know, that's a luxury to have 1,400, 1,500 yards sitting in your backfield. That's pretty much book it. But that's not going to stay there. You know, at some point, he's going to start to decline. And, you know, I think that the thing to consider is, so now – you, you know, generally when they talk ACL, it's a year. Uh, Suggs did it in nine months, but let's just say it's, let's just say he's trying to come back for next season. Let's just assume that um, we don't know what's going to happen with AP all season. We don't know what kind of condition. You know, what I mean, we don't know. 
And so, you mm-hmm. know, not, uh, now Minnesota, of course, uh, Zimmer, who I, who I like as a coach, had him in Dallas for a number of years, um, is saying don't count us out. And that's what he's supposed to say. Let's be real. Um, you know, Vikings without Bridgewater is not going to be the Vikings. You know, they don't have a rookie that's lit, lit, no. lit it up in the, in the preseason that we can look at and say, wow, look at what this guy's done. So they're, they're going to be in some trouble. Yeah. And I don't expect them. I expect them. To, I really don't expect them to be very competitive. I think. I think they're looking at six and ten, um, eight and eight tops. And that's because they have a pretty good well, defense and they've got a non running back. So I say that to say what happens next year. Bridgewater now has lost a year of development. He's got to get in shape. He's got to get back on the field. And now Agent Peterson's a year older. Now, can you still count on fourteen, fifteen hundred yards a year from now? Right. I mean that's 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 why I bring up McKinnon and that's why I bring up that defense because after this year you you just never know and um, McKinnon showed flashes of, of being a, a good back when AP was on the shelf but like I said the saving grace is that they don't have to rely on Bridgewater back there slinging it all the time uh, I, obviously he's the best option at quarterback to win games and and it sucks to to not see him out there because I like the guy too I mean. Black quarterback is hard to find, and, and he's actually one of the good ones. And he's level-headed, and he's young. He's 23. So uh, mm-hmm. as far as the surgery goes, I, I can see him healing up. It's probably going to be, I would say, um year for the ACL is about right on average. Um, he's, a, he's a thrown first, run second quarterback. MCL, and if, he, if it's an MCL and meniscus tear, uh, you, you're probably pushing now 15 months. Hopefully not a PCL because yeah. those, those uh, I, I wish I could see how it happened. PCL is probably of the, of the four major ligaments, that's the one that's hardest to tear. ACL, the main one, your LCL, MCL, the two, the one on the inner, one on the outer. Uh, MCL will be first or second to go. LCL will be third, and then the PCL will be last. That's that's the order I would put it in. So as long as it's not, as long as it's not the PCL, I'm I'm thinking probably 15, 16 months he'll be back. I, I think it'll be sooner. That'd be great. I, I think. That'd be great. Yeah, I I I think I think it'll be sooner. I I really I'm gonna stick to my year time frame. I think um, you know we're talking the end of August. I think uh, the first the first I don't know that he'll be ready to start the first opening game of next year. But I think that first month, he's going to be back on that field. You know, I think once he gets medically cleared, there's going to be a little conditioning involved and, um, you know, getting getting ready for game speed and game shape. But I, I really think, you know, having seen so many of these injuries in the NFL and seeing what these doctors can do, and these are world-class athletes. You know, these, are, these guys are at the peak physical condition. Um, so I'm going to stick to my year, my year projection, because if you're talking 15, 16 months, then that means he's out for the next two seasons. Um, they're not, that's not going to happen. They're going to get him on that field. He's going to get himself ready. He's they're going to have the surgery. He's going to heal up rehab. And I'm telling you my, my gut watch and see, watch and see. But yeah, I, mean, this I, year, I can see, I, I can see him focusing really hard on rehabbing to make at least at the very, very, I'm going to say maybe beginning of training camp next year. I mean, that was, to me, that would be his target. I, it wouldn't be any, any sooner than the beginning of training camp next year. 
Yeah. I, I certainly hope so. Uh, that's Again, it, it's hard for us to speculate because all we're hearing is ACL and other structures. And um, we, we just don't know what these other structures are. But I, I agree with, with both of you. I want him to be back as soon as possible. When will he be 100%? I, I don't think it's going to be one year from now. But, again, I'm not a doctor, and, and I don't know what other structures are specifically. Um, I just know ACL, nine months, 12 months is the norm. Um, depending upon how bad it is and how complicated it is, it's sometimes a little more than that. If he can be ready by opening day next year, that would be terrific. That would be terrific. Yeah. And like I said, remember, I mean, Suggs did it in nine. He said he'd be back, and, you know, no one believed him, including me. But the boy was back in nine months and played at a, you know, relatively high level. Um, So we'll see. We'll see. That's really all we can do is sit back and see, right? Yeah, and it's amazing what what modern day medicine can do. I mean, I'm over here with what two months removed from shoulder surgery myself, so um, anything's possible, but nothing passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So let's at least tackle one of the two issues. Um, let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys since we're talking quarterback injuries. Um, and let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. And as, as everyone knows by now, um, Tony Romo uh, has once again hurt his back. Um, you know, it is a fracture of the vertebrae. Um, it is not related to any other back issues or any other injuries. This is a completely new injury. And um, there is no timetable for his return, despite what all the networks are projecting. There is no timetable. And some of the insiders that I've researched are saying four to six weeks is what they're is what they're banting, you know, kind of bouncing around uh, internally. That that's the kind of the projection. Um, so the six to ten is just it's it's an opinion, but more like four to six is kind of what they're thinking, um, because you know, I, well, let me let me just let me just get. JB, you're a huge Cowboy fan. Give me your thoughts on the Romo injury and what this means to the Cowboys um, now that he's been hurt once again. Well, I mean, it's a tough blow. Obviously, you got your leader in the heart and soul of the team. That's where every, that's where the heartbeat comes from, and having him out is, is definitely a blow. Um, I've heard folks talk about he needs to retire. Well, let's slow down a minute, okay? Let's just slow down. If anybody has seen the video, it's a freak accident. I mean, it's just it's a freak accident. Is injury prone? He's shown that he's he's shown a little bit more fragility uh, now compared to early on. So yeah, I understand all of that, but it's not time for him to retire. Dak has been able to do a, a very good job in the preseason. He's been studying. He's been doing what he has to do to get prepared. I think they're in more capable hands now with Dak from what we've all seen than they have been in recent memory as far as the backup position goes. If Dak can hold it together, at least have to be 500 by the time Romo comes back, Cowboys should still be in competitive shape uh, in, in regards to winning the division. If it's 4-6 to six or 6-10, to 10, what have you, he just got to heal up and get strong, and then when he's ready to come back, come back with guns blazing. Okay. Um. Uh, any anything to add to that, Train? Um, well, 
one, his injury is like lightning in a bottle. It was it was almost like a a, a perfect storm. And what was funny was, um, you know, the guy, uh, Jerry's kid that's, that's in our league, I can say he's a friend of mine, and uh, I kind of chat with him through word game games uh, every so now and then. We get to talking about football, and we were both talking about how well Prescott was playing. And uh, we knew that there were fans out there that were like <laughs> – Hoping that uh, something happens with Tony Romo, and then Prescott is able to take over. And it was just funny that that's literally what happened. Because I thought there were fans who were thinking that, and we both were on the page of you know wanting Romo to still still hold us down. Let 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 Prescott have his time, you know what I'm saying, and just and just learn it off. It's, it's great to see him do. To do well in preseason, you you kind of see what you have, but at the same time, he's still a he's still a rookie, and he he will he will take his bumps. Um, it's uh, I will tell you, I am for Team Prescott. Like I said before, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan of 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 black quarterbacks doing well in this league, simply because of the knock that they get, and you know, seeing how we are in a passing era, um. The evaluation that was put on his kid, such that he failed all the way, we say fourth round, but it might as well be fifth. And how well he played in comparison to the other, to the other rookie quarterbacks that we've seen in preseason, really, it's his poise alone that just kind of, this is kind of blowing me away. You know, standing, mm-hmm. standing tall and making all of those. It's just, his poise is just so different when I've seen. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff and all those other guys when I seen their highlights. I'm looking at Prescott. I'm just like, wow, this dude is different. Um, so to agree with today, it's definitely a blow. Yeah, I'm sorry. You, it's, it's better to have it's better to have your top guy and knowing you got a solid backup than to lose your top guy and now you're down to your backup who. You you feel it solid, but still hasn't taken a a, a, a full a real season snap yet. And once teams start preparing for you, it's a whole other different limelight than it than it is with preseason. But at the same time, it's it's it's, it's, it's it'll it'll be a wait and see. Um, uh, it's a little bittersweet because I really want to see a healthy Romo to see what Dallas uh, season turns out to be like. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also a little excited to see how Prescott turns out as well and see if it does turn into a Juvetso uh, Brady situation. Or is it one of those where, you know, he does good enough and they give it back to Romo once he returns? Okay. Um, let me throw another issue that's been floating around with Romo out there, the one I really want to address. Um, Let's start with JB. There's been a lot of people, fans, pundits, that have said Romo should retire. He's injury prone. He's 36 years old, and it's time. Your thoughts? Well, that's what I was saying before. I think people need to slow their roll with that. Um, He is shown to be, as I said before, a little more fragile now than before, but you have to take everything with a grain of salt. And you have to see how he heals up from this injury. 
Um, you've had back injuries. Obviously, everybody knows well documented, but I don't think it's time to talk retirement right now. I don't think that that R word should be mentioned just yet. Um, let's see how it gets through this injury. Let's see how he's able to play. Let's see how he's able to perform. Let's see if he has a, a reoccurrence of the steam injury. Let's let's start to take notes after that because right now I think talks of retirement is just too premature, especially especially given how that injury looked. Um, like I said, I think that was a freak incident, and and I, I don't. It, it would be one of those things. I think, I think Train you said it better. It was like a lightning. You know, it, it doesn't seem to strike twice. So premature to talk about retirement right now. Dr. Train, your thoughts on Romo retirement? Uh, I'm gonna be Captain Obvious and say yeah, that that's purely totally would be totally up to Romo. My only my only concern is once you know once he once he is healed, once he's able to return from this from this injury, um, will he be intact enough today to take any any other hit? Will he be intact enough to, if he does take a blindside hit from behind, will that be just a regular hit where he can just, you know, get up, dust it off, and go to the next play? Or will it be one that, and so I, not being, you know, understanding the whole medical, because as soon as, as soon as I heard the injury, I turned to Michelle, like, hey, what does that mean? <laughs> so, like, but I didn't go into her any more detail as far as how long the recovery or anything. She's like, yeah, it's a fracture. Uh, uh, the thing is, can he can he return back? Can he come back and then and still be that be that same guy? And will he be able to continue to take hits in the future? And I'm talking about normal hits. I'm talking about freak accidents like this. I'm talking about just regular normal hits because you can't get caught blindsided no matter how good your offensive line is. Taking that, if he's able to do that, then I don't I don't see a reason we should talk retirement mm-hmm. because just see how the building goes. Right, right, right. Well, I am now going to address that topic because I got into it with some Cowboy fans. And I got to tell you something. I'm pissed off, okay? Where do you Cowboy fans get? You know, Stephen A. Smith says the Cowboy fans are the worst fan base in all of sports. And you know what? He is absolutely right. I have read so many posts and thoughts about Romo, it's time for you to retire. You've been a trooper, but it's time. Who are you to go there? Who are you? This man, does, do, do, do you guys know what he did to get ready for this season? He went after the second collarbone um, break. He went in and had, and, and mind you, they didn't do surgery on the second one. And had the Cowboys made the playoffs, there was thought that maybe Tony could come back in the playoffs. So they didn't do surgery on purpose to keep him possible for a playoff run. Because if you guys remember, if everybody remembers, the NFC East was beating each other up. And even though the Cowboys finished 4-12, and they were still, you know, down the stretch. They still had a shot to get in the playoffs, okay? And had Romo stayed healthy, I think they would have won a division. But anyway, so the offseason comes. He goes in and has an extra procedure where they inserted a plate to protect his collarbone. So voluntary surgery to help strengthen the collarbone so if he gets a funny hit again, the collarbone doesn't break, okay? He has been doing core work all, like, 
He doesn't play golf anymore. He says, I'm done with golf until I retire because of his other back issues that he had. So he stopped playing golf. Okay? He has been doing ab and back work to strengthen his core because the back has been the issue. So my first thought when he got injured was, I felt bad for Tony because he worked so hard to get on the field. You people feel bad for him and say, you, you, you should go home and play with your kids and retire and hang it up. It's time. How about letting him decide when it's time? How about letting the team or the team doctor or his wife or his family say, hey, sure it ain't time here. Not you. Your job as a fan is to support your team and to get there and be like, all right, hey, we're going to rally around Dak while Tony heals. And when Tony's ready, then bam, let's roll. Not all that crap I was reading about retiring, and I just don't want to see him in a wheelchair. Well, you know what? It wasn't his spine, idiot. Did you guys, do you guys even know what you're talking about? I don't want to see him in a wheelchair where he gets paralyzed. What? Not that kind of injury. Sorry. And do you know? Because I know, because see, what I do is I look for facts, okay? So what I know is that if he were to retire right now, $19 million hits the salary cap for 2017. $19 million. You go ahead and try to keep that offensive line together and all the other things that we need on defense and all that with a $19 million salary cap hit because Romo decided to retire because he listened to you morons out there that said it's time to retire. Now, fortunately, Tony is smarter than that, and there's nothing about him that's going to retire. He's not retiring. Okay, if he breaks the collarbone again, maybe he'll rethink it. He starts getting uh, concussions, those t- maybe. But this freak injury, no, he ain't retiring. He's going to come back. Now, now, if you want to say, let's see what happens if Dak goes in there and lights it up, okay, that's a valid discussion. We can have that conversation, and we're not going to have that conversation tonight because he hasn't lit it up yet, so it's hypothetical. But that's a conversation that's worth having. What happens if after five, six, seven games, the Cowboys are undefeated and now Romo's healthy? What do you do? That's a, good, uh, that's a tough, tough decision to be in. I'd hate to be Jason Garrett. But that's, but that's not retire. So you know what? Guys, you play too much Madden or you watch too much TV. I don't know what, what it is, but there's this thing called the Internet. You can Google things. You can actually do research, and you can learn something. Okay? And – there's nothing in him that's ready to retire. And the decision to retire for a pro athlete is one of the most gut-wrenching decisions of their life. And for you guys, you just floated around like, okay, retire, like it's nothing. you know. And my last comment is, probably my most significant, all you fans, all you loyal fans that are saying Tony Romo should retire. Why are you saying that? Are you really saying it because you care about Tony Romo? Are you really saying it because you think it's the best thing for Tony Romo? Or are you getting caught up by the lights and watching Dak light it up? And you're saying, damn, he look good. And now, as Fairweather fans like to do, they go for what's brightest and shines the best. So let's just throw the man that's been our quarterback, our quarterback, Right? The man that's been behind the, 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 the center for us for how long? Let's just, let's just forget about him, okay? Let's just forget about our Tony, quarterback. you guys can point the finger at him. You, you can talk about the vacation. 
And if you do that, it's really unfair. It's really unfair. It's my team. It's my quarterback. And if you guys do that, man, it's unfair. We lost to the team. We lost to the team. Yeah, there you go, T.O. You know what I'm saying? Wait, say that one more time, T.O. I didn't hear you, bro. Come on. My quarterback. If this is your quarterback, then support him. And I guarantee you, if Dak wasn't on the team, or if Dak didn't look as good as he did, and looked like Goff, who hasn't looked impressive at all, or Showers, our third-string guy, okay, average, none of y'all would be saying that. Y'all be like, hurry back, Tony, we need you. Hurry up, go get healed up, Tony. Hey, can't you just do like you did two years ago when he played with a broken bone in his back, by the way? That was two years ago, in case you Cowboy fans, you know, I didn't hear retired then when they went 12-4 and four and he was getting shot up with pain injections, you know, or anti-pain injections, I should say. He had the same, pretty similar injury, not the same vertebrae, but he had a broken bone in his back, not the same spot, a different one, and he played with it, okay? And I didn't hear anybody saying he should retire then, and the Cowboys went 12-4, and four, won a playoff game, and, and was robbed of the game against Green Bay, but don't get me started. So you fans, Stephen A. Smith is right. Cowboy fans are the worst fan base. But I am determined to educate you guys and give you what you need to be better. And all you really need is some knowledge and some doggone common sense. Stop it. Now, if Tony comes out and says, I'm tired of being injured, I'm not, you know, I'm more of a distraction than I am a productive member of this team, and, I, and I, all the rehab, and I don't have, okay, then, you know, at that point, fine. But until I hear Tony say it, then y'all shut up. Just shut up. I don't want to hear no more about Tony Romo needs to retire when he's still playing at the level that he's been playing at. Every time he's on the field, they are 78 and 49 with him as a starter and 10 and 23 when he doesn't start during his career as a starter. The man's a winner. Okay, I get it. They ain't won many playoff games. I get it. You're right. And that's a knock against the team, and I got no defense for that. But he ain't a loser. He's a baller. At times, I was ready to put him in the four horsemen. He was playing that well two years ago. Didn't do it, but he was right on the cusp as far as I'm concerned. I even said he was better than Big Ben two years ago. And now you guys want him to retire? Shut up. I don't want want to read no – I swear to God, if I read one more Tony should retire post, whoever that is, I'm going to find you. I don't know what I'm going to do because I want to go to jail. But I'm going to do something to you. I may just talk about your mother or something. I don't know, but cut it out. Just cut it out. All right, I'm done. I had to get that off my chest. Did I lose you guys? You still there? No, we're still here. <laughs> nah, I just checking. I just checking. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we have waited an we have waited an hour for K Star to join us. Um, I guess the thunderstorms are still pretty bad. I have not heard anything from him, so um, unfortunately uh, <laughs> once again you know, we, we just don't have to do it without him, but I, I so wanted his feedback on this one, but um, you know, let's let's go to the main event. Let's go to the main topic of the night. Um, Colin Kaepernick, as everybody knows, I mean, now people that don't even follow football know um, he refused to stand um, at attention during the national anthem at their last football game. 
And he has gotten mixed reviews, some support, some, um, a lot of, you know, negativity around it. And he, um, and, you know, had I, had I, had I remembered, I could have got the clip that he said and played it, but I didn't even think of that. So I apologize. But, um, more or less, he said that he cannot stand and show respect for a country that still has the issues it has with the oppressed minorities and, you know, cops killing people and, and getting paid leave of absence. And, you know, really it's a social stand that he's been taking. And for the record, um, he has he has an active Twitter account where he has spoken up many times in justice. So this isn't like out of the blue. It's just the first time he's done this. Um, Dr. Chain, let me start with you. Your thoughts on Kaepernick's position, and do you agree? Do you disagree? How, how, how have you seen it? We've had a few days to digest it. How do you see it? And, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about this ever since, uh, ever since I thought on the agenda. I've watched everything. I've watched, I've read everything. I could possibly read to uh, make sure I was fully educated and, and just seeing the responses that he got. Let me first start off that uh, I honestly don't have issue. Uh, uh, and secondly, people that are coming in to try to say what is right or wrong, uh, I don't think there's a right or wrong. Either do or you don't stand up when a national has come. Um, a side reference, they got on Gabby because she didn't put her hand over her heart when it was doing the anthem at the um, Olympics. Uh, she's not the only one that doesn't do that. There are a ton of people that don't. They'll stand, but they don't necessarily put their hand over my heart. I, for one, don't put my hand over my heart. But I, I, I stand. Um, for Kaepernick, uh, in a sense, I kind of, I actually like what has transpired. Uh, because now you're starting to see, you're starting to see the ugly. You're starting to see the ugly that people hide behind a smile when they speak to you. And um, um, some of the things that I've read, one of the last things I've read that um, I, I will bring up, I read an article where uh, some guy said what he, the reason why Kaepernick stood up and making his stand is not our issue. So if you don't think it's a nationwide issue that police are killing young black men, you don't think that's everybody's issue? But I think it's everybody's issue. I think it's something that everyone should pay attention to. For someone to say that, it just shows how they truly disconnect themselves from black people, from whatever happens to black people, just like that. Yeah, I'll be just, why should I? Why should I care? That's exactly what I got from uh, what that guy wrote. Uh, and it, it uh, true enough, everyone can have has their own opinion of why well he's he's disrespecting the military, but flag means a lot. And it means a lot more than just respecting our military. 
especially after Kaepernick's already said he has to, he's not, it's, it's, it's not, it has, what his stance has nothing to do with the military. That's why, that's why it's also supposed to stand for something called justice, which we have not seen in a lot of these cases, in, in, in the case that Kaepernick so, from my point of view, I actually like what's happening because I want to know what your true color. I want to know how you really do, and to try to flip the script on them to say, "Hey, you're disrespecting the military." That's it. That's just easy out as to what the true issue is. That piece verbally expressed it even prior to sitting down doing a national. Okay. That's all I have. Uh, JB, your turn. Yeah, it's, it's one of those sensitive topics, obviously, and I think people people can be two-faced because we've heard time and time again athletes have the biggest platform and they don't do anything with it. Obviously, everybody has criticized MJ during the course of his career for not speaking out on on um, society and social topics and what have you. Um, other players have not spoken out when folks feel that they should. They have this, this high uh, platform to stand on. Now you have someone that's actually using the platform, and you're trying to say, well, you shouldn't use it like that. Well, wait a minute. Either you're, you're with them or you're against them the whole way, the whole nine yards. At, at first, I was I was on the fence with, with what he was trying to do. And I think folks are, are forgetting about the message and paying more attention to the messenger. And what he's doing is he's doing what he feels is necessary to bring attention to uh, a topic that needs attention. And if you want to disagree with his message, I mean, that's fine. That's your opinion. But at the same token, I don't think it's right for folks to tell him how he should bring this to everybody's attention. He's not killing anybody. He's not, and, and he stated himself, he is not doing to disrespect anybody, but he feels like this country doesn't attack all of its citizens. And I can't, I can't blame him for, for doing that. I can't get on him or be upset for what he's doing. He's taking a stand for something that he feels strongly about. And if you want to question it, by all means, you can question it. But I don't think it should be ridiculed because he's doing something that a lot of folks have stated in the past, athletes not taking a stand for what they believe in, or athletes not getting on their platform and using it to the best of their ability. Now he's doing it, but people want to cry foul. I don't like that at all. He's doing something that he feels strongly about. And obviously, I do too. Would I have picked the same exact way? Maybe, maybe not, not in his shoes. But he's using that platform for something that he feels strongly about, and I can't, I can't be upset with that. Well, um, where do I even begin? Um, it, is, it is hypocritical for people to condemn Kaepernick for exercising his right to free speech in a country and in a manner that allows him that very right. So you say you don't like what he did and he shouldn't do it, yet you also say America love it or leave it. Well, isn't he 
doing exactly what this country has prescribed. This is a country of, you know, life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness, unalienable rights, and all that rigmarole. So if this man decides to sit down because he has a political stand, he's not hurting anybody, he's not shooting anybody, he's not, you know, it's his way of sending a message. What's the problem? Um, are you equally appalled at flag burning? You know, are you equally appalled when the KKK marches down the street in sheets and with, you know, dolls of black people hanging off of, off of, like they're hanging blacks and they're walking down the street? Are you equally appalled at all that? Because it's all First Amendment right. So my first problem is this is exactly what we, this is what separates this country from many other countries. And you guys don't think it's okay? You don't have to like it, but to say that he was wrong is, is, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. He's not wrong. Now, I will admit I would have not done that. I don't think for me, I had a father in the military, and he was loved this country, and I could never do something like that that would disrespect, in my opinion, his love for this country. Um, but that being said, that's me. That's not Kaepernick, number one. Um, number two, there was nowhere in his statement that he said he was oppressed. He said this country oppresses minorities, and he went into specifics about murder and cops being, uh, getting paid leave of absences after having murdered innocent people. And he was very clear as to what he meant, and yet I'm reading – you have a $114 million contract. You were adopted by two white people. How are you oppressed? That's not what he said. I don't know. There's background noise. So whoever's got background noise, it's, it's distracting me. If we could mute yourself out or something, please. Thank you. Um, so, that, so, you know, so his point was this is a country where there's been oppression. And he's absolutely right. Again, what is the problem? And who cares how much money he's made and the fact that he was adopted by two white people? Um, who cares? Oh, right on time. Right on time. Did the thunderstorms pass? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yep. Absolutely. What's up, fellas? Sorry I'm late. Well, you know, better late than never. Um, I'm going to pause my comments because um, JB has not spoke on it, or actually JB did speak on it, uh, Train has spoke on it, but uh, we're, we're now at the main event, you've missed the other stuff, but um, you, you had some pretty strong things to say about Kaepernick on your Facebook page, so I'm going to give you a chance to, um, you know, say that to the audience, your thoughts on uh, the Kaepernick situation. <clears throat> well, uh, the Colin Kaepernick situation is – I've had some time to think about, actually. Um, earlier th- this morning, you know, I heard some things, and, and my initial thought was – well, my, my initial thought that even seeing him sit out was, was why. You know, I mean, what are you really trying to accomplish? I don't think you're going to accomplish much just by sitting out a preseason game. Um, but, you know, he has that right. He does have the right to sit down and, and do that. However, you know, he also has the right to be criticized for it. Um, I don't know if 
I, I really agree with the approach of sitting down during the national anthem. I don't think that's the best time to display your frustration, although I get you know, that he's probably trying to get people to talk and discuss about these issues. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I would think most people aren't a fan of seeing that just because it sends a lot of messages that aren't positive to towards a lot of military men and, and others who... Can, can, let me pause you right there. Let me pause you. I, I, I've heard this so many times. Can you explain to me what the significance is between him sitting down and the military? Because I'm still, I'm still not. I have not heard one person explain that to me just yet. Well, the the anthem anyway. It, it's it's for you know the military basically are supposed to stand. Whoever uniform men are supposed to stand whenever uh, the flags played, and so it's associated with military one way or another because of the uh, U.S. flag codes that there that are, are out there. And so, so playing the wait 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 wait. I just want to make sure I understand. So playing the anthem at the beginning of a football game is for the military. Yeah, I mean it's for it's more for more than just the military. But yeah, the military are absolutely are you know kind of like the heart of it. I mean they're the ones who again when you have are are, are literally required to to stand during this event. Um, it literally says in the U.S. flag codes any. Uniform man or woman who here have to basically stand, you know, and for it. I mean, I don't think it's completely out of line to say that. Yeah, it definitely has some representation there from the military, and it represents it them too. I I still but 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 it's not played at games for the military. Because military, is there, is there, I mean, at that point, any military that's there are civilians, and they're there to watch the football game. They're not working. They're not, you know, protecting. They're there, you know, as civilians to watch the football game. So when people say that it is, because I've heard from many military people that said, yeah, no, um, people, people completely misunderstand the military relationship with our national anthem. Um, and, and and so, you know, I, I, I think when people say that he's doing it to disrespect, that it disrespects the military, it's not stopping any military from, do, you know, they, they, if, if they're there. I mean, I think of the guy who's uh, in the National Guard and he's a pole vaulter for the U.S. Olympic team. And he was running down the um, the strip and he heard the national anthem and he, cut his, he stopped his run and stood in attention. Okay. But no one stopped him from doing that. There's no impact on that decision when Colin Kaepernick says, well, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. You military do whatever you want. You, my teammates do whatever you want. Everybody can do whatever they want. Here's what I'm going to do. In case that doesn't the country give him that right? Isn't that his right? Like, didn't the mili- doesn't the military go and defend our right to do exactly what he did? Isn't that what makes it? Yeah, and, and and it also it also in return it also gives us the right to to, to bash him for it. it. It works both ways. It's not just one way or another. Well, no, I, I completely yeah, no, not, completely not, agree not, with that statement. Gonna, by the way, completely agree. If we're gonna bash him, I'm starting to figure out why we're bashing him. Because when I hear military, I don't get it. When I hear um, he was 
he was silver spoon and, and shouldn't be talking about oppression, I don't get it. I, 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 I think if we're going to bash somebody for something, then there needs to be some substance to it. And I haven't heard. The only thing is, I wouldn't have done that. That's my decision. But he feels a certain well, I, kind of way. I, I, so what I will say, and I don't disagree with that, by the way. I think that's mostly the fact that A is happening seemingly out of nowhere, six years into his career. Um, apparently, it's the first time he started doing this was in the first preseason game. So that's a little weird to me. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess my question is, what is he trying to accomplish? If he's just trying to create dialogue, then he's doing that. But outside of that, like, I don't know. I, you see guys like LeBron who literally, you know, fund charities and, and do things to give back to the communities. And I'm not really sure what Colin is doing other than creating a national stir. So, and the, so here's, and let's, here's the problem. Let's, so, let's not compare Colin Kaepernick, who may not even be a starting quarterback, to a three-time world champion. I mean, come on, it's not even a fair comparison. Go ahead, Train. Well, here's the thing I want to give people what I wanted to get you off of. Let's 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 forget about the comparison to other people all 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 together. Secondly, let's look at the fact that he actually just has a stage, but the only reason only reason he was caught because our, our, the cameras on the side decided to take a look at him. But the thing I want to give people off of is that. They're saying, why don't you do it in a different way? And, yeah, he could have. He could have done charities. He could have done donations, scholarships, and all of that. But the question is, would that get the average person who does not even really care about the plight that young black men are having uh, with police to talking about it? Does they even grab their attention? And the answer is it doesn't. It hadn't, and it won't, but this did. So even though they are upset that he did not stand, he got a chance to voice why. And so now what you didn't hear K-Star before, you know, because he got on the lay, is that it's forcing people to show their true colors because all people can say, oh, he's disrespecting the military. Why don't he express it in a different way? Well, those other methods are in play by several different people all across this country, but it's not breaking the attention of folks. People aren't paying attention to it because it's not their issue or they feel it's not their issue. But now this brings us to light, and it's like, hey, I, I, I'm gonna sit because I feel like this country isn't doing enough to address this issue. And I and I think if my, I can piggyback, pa- well, let me just say this, and then I'll let you jump back in, K Star. Um, and that's the issue right there. Is he had a valid point? Like, like, and I'm gonna say something that may that may label me, you know, a certain kind of way that I'm not, but. This is another, like O.J. was, you know, another um, issue that's, you know, race race line. Most African-Americans see it one way. Most non-African-Americans see it another way. Most, I'm saying. And, you know, why aren't we talking about the reason he did it and the fact that he's got a point, that we've got problems in this country, 
and what's really being done about it. We've got a presidential candidate that's running around talking about building a wall to keep the Mexicans out, that's talking about deportation to get the Muslims out. Now he's backtracking, whatever. It's what he said, and I'm going to keep them out, and we're going to get them out of here because they need to go. Yeah, yeah, right, the yeah, same ones that he hired to to work in Florida and then excused it because you can't find good help. So, but, but it's okay, it, it's okay. And illegals have families; they're working; they're still contributing to this economy. So we're just going to throw them out. We're just going to uproot families and throw them out. Or are we going to come up with a process to legalize them, which is which is the way it should be? No, but give us your 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 weak and your 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 poor and your tired and your hungry. The, the, the Statue of Liberty, that's what it says. Okay, so we welcome in, immigrants. They come here, but there's a process. So let's make sure they follow the process. Let's not talk about stuff and reinvent. But my point is, my point is, is that we got a presidential candidate that's sitting there telling black people, you're, you, you, you're, you're, you have no jobs, you're in poverty. Like, he's saying it to all of us. You know, you walk down the street, you get shot. What have you got to lose? I'm sorry. There's a problem when this is a guy that might be president of the United States. And I think Kaepernick is looking at it saying, that's the solution you guys are presenting? This is the answer. Donald Trump now can figure it out. Well, it, he, all right. He's got stop. the solution. I don't, don't think, tell me to stop. Okay. I, don't, I, I don't think this is about Donald Trump, first of all. I don't think this is about Trump. Oh, I think there's – I think – He equally bashed Clinton as well. He said these candidates aren't oh, the yeah, ones absolutely bashed gonna... Clinton. Because Clinton – because yeah. he absolutely bashed Clinton. Clinton didn't come out and say anything. That's the difference. Trump did. Clinton has to say that she's smart. Said, you know, I'm, a, I'm not going to touch this right now. It's too hot. I'm going to sit back here and I'm going to let it simmer for a little while, and I'll comment when the time is right. She's smart. Trump had to jump right on out there and just blast her. So my, my point, because I make my own points, so my point is he has a point. He has a huge point in this country today. And Instead of people focusing on the fact that he's a successful athlete and he's making all this money and he was adopted, and who cares? That doesn't, make him, that doesn't mean he can't have an opinion. That doesn't mean that he can't feel a certain kind of way. And then he chose a peaceful way to demonstrate it. That hurts nobody. Nobody gets hurt by this. Imagine that. I get to make a stand and it doesn't hurt you. It's just getting my viewpoint out. Oh, you want to ask me questions about it? Okay. He didn't go on TV and say, I want everybody to know here's what I'm going to do. Here's what's coming. He just went. He said, here's what I'm going to do. This is how I feel. And I I defend his right to do that. Okay. Yeah, he absolutely has the right to do that. Absolutely, 100% agree. I'm always the type that, this is what I think about protesting. I think that everyone should have the right to do it. No matter what, no matter how silly they're, whatever it is that they're protesting, because that's their unequivocal right. Um, however, I guess I always wonder what the the point of protesting, what you're really trying to accomplish. Because if you're trying to accomplish a discussion, that's one thing. Then, granted, he certainly did that. Um, but if you're just pointing out and saying there's a problem, but not providing solutions to a problem, you're not really contributing to a solution either. The point, the, protest the point of protest is change. The point of protest is change, at the end of the day. Yeah, it's but you change. need to offer up solutions for change. Even Hillary Clinton, by but, the way, said the same are, thing. She addressed but there are, as there well. are people, there are people who protest all the time without a solution. Yeah, and yet it and, still and, generates, and yet, and yet it still generates change 
because the number of people that do it in a, in a certain magnitude, it can't be handled. So it, it creates change. So even if it gets people to talking, it could eventually create change. Even if you don't have a solution, you still bring it up. The thought of it could eventually create change. That's the possibility. The possibility of creating change. Yeah. 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 And I I I I, I agree. Uh, uh, Jay wants to get here. I agree with uh, Train that there's plenty of times that people protest without a solution. But you you and you may not have the solution. You just know this is wrong. I, I'm not in government. I'm not in politics. I'm not a mayor. I'm not a congressman. I'm not you know in the White House. I don't know that I have the resources or the knowledge or the skill sets to fix it. But I know this is a problem. I, I am smart enough to identify it, and I am dissatisfied with what's been done to date to address it. And so guess what? It has been top news story for several days now. There has been dialogue about it. And I think the next San Francisco 49ers game, every major network is going to have a camera there to see if he sits or stands, and it's going to continue to be dialogue. And now there's a guy, I don't know what team he was on, I think Minnesota maybe, who came out and said that he agrees and he's going to do the same thing. So now we, yeah. now we have more players that are seeing, hmm, that makes sense. So, you know, <laughs> go ahead. Can I explain a little bit of history in here real quick so that we can understand this flag that, that people are so on? First of all, <laughs> Listen to the words of the national anthem, and they don't talk about the military. The national anthem is singing about that freaking flag from the beginning of the song to the end of the song. It's about that flag because it creates a rally. I had to go read up on this stuff so I could understand how to approach this conversation. When soldiers see that flag in the middle of war, it gives them a sense of hope, a sense of pride, motivation to fight harder because they don't want to see it fall. But let's take you back to the origin of this flag. We're talking about a war in 1884, something like that. Starts uh, the banner, the song was created, and, and, and all of that. But let's fast forward a little bit to a time that we call the Civil War. There were two different flags one that represented those that wanted to oppress people and the other one that was created for those who eventually won the war that wanted people to be equal. And yet, there still wasn't full equality even after that. But there was a hope for it. So, me personally, I So the one being the Confederate flag and the other being... Uh, exactly. I, 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 I figured you guys knew, so that's why I didn't call them out. Yeah. I that's why. I, yeah. You guys, you guys knew, okay. so I, that's why I didn't call them out. So okay. I personally stand simply because I think about my people, the black soldiers who fought in that Civil War, to 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 for the hope of being equal, to not to no longer be oppressed, to have the same opportunity as their white counterpart. So when I, that's what I think about. But it's not wrong for Kaepernick to understand that some of that still has not changed. And people are like, 
this flag, this flag, well, at one point in history, this flag had two meanings, completely opposite sides. And mind you, if you're still running down there in South Carolina somewhere, open that arrow, you might still see the other flag that this same song was written for. So people were crying and crying about the, oh, he disrespected the military, he disrespected the military. Check, there, check out the history of the song in reference to that flag. It's not about the military. We can stand up and salute the military without even singing a song. I bet you yeah, not to mention, he, and not to but mention, he, he 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 was clear to say this as this he said exactly what he was protesting against, and it had nothing to do with the military. He specifically was very clear with what you know what his issue was. I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. To me, this is bigger than football, and it would be selfish on my part to look the other way. There are bodies in the street and people getting paid leave and getting away with murder. Okay? That's pretty clear. Ain't got nothing to do with the military. Ain't got nothing to do with any disrespect of the military or, or you know, this is very clearly an issue for him, and he's been clear with what it was. JB, you haven't said much. Yeah, I'm just listening you know, with, with what's being said. And uh, I, I want to go back and address what Casey was saying in the, in the protest, but you don't really have a solution Then what's the purpose of protest. And, and I liken it to having someone try to push a boulder up a mountain. If you have more people that protest or more people that join you in pushing that boulder up a mountain, you begin to have success in creating momentum, in creating change, in creating that boulder to get from one side of the mountain to the other. So he may not have the silver bullet because, quite frankly, I don't think any one person does have a silver bullet. But the more awareness that's brought to this situation, this issue, the more people are educated, the more people understand why this is such an issue, the more chance you have for change to take place. And I think he feels the need to do this as his part in being a part of those folks that are joining in to the other side of the mountain. If we all had a silver bullet, we would be the one right there in the forefront to shoot it. We don't. So we have to join together and educate one another so folks can understand why this is such a huge issue. And until we can get to that point of getting that boulder to the other side of the mountain, we're going to have to stand up and, and, and take notice towards what's going on. And it may make folks uncomfortable, but part of the process is to make folks uncomfortable to bring awareness to a change that needs to come about. I'm going to be honest, I didn't get the boulder comparison, but I, I get your point. But uh, you lost me in the boulder. <laughs> I, got, I got it. I got it, JP. <laughs> uh, I got it. Good. Uh, what the hell are you talking about? Boulder. What the hell are you talking about? Boulder. Train oh, got it. Man. Thank you, Train. Yeah, well, you know, train. I mean, and you, so, so. Some of the other things that I saw that was crazy. I mean, you had Rodney Harrison telling his brother that <laughs> he wasn't black. He don't understand racism. Like, really? Oh, man. You had Tim Hasselbeck who came out on the forefront. I just one of the first comments I read uh, focused more on being a quarterback uh, or focused more on playing football. Like, really, dude? Like, that's – you see – you so you – so you see him sit, then you then you see the interview afterwards, and that's that's your response. 
Like, I don't want to see I, whatever show he about to come over random I'm not even going to pay attention to it because I, I never have. I haven't respected that dude anyway because when I hear him talk, even though he played the game, he still don't sound like he know what he's doing when he plays. Who is versus that? Now when you're analyst. Tim Asbach. Because oh, now he's okay. an analyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't pay attention to that guy anyway because he, 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 he don't even know what he's talking about now, and he's retired. So, um, real quick, honestly, and I'm, I was out of town over the weekend, and um, I was in Philly, and I saw uh, the Kaepernick thing basically at, at some. Uh, it was for a fantasy draft, and I saw the uh, what Kaepernick did, you know, at like some bar, and I was just at first I didn't really think much of it. I was like, all right, you know, and. The next couple of days, I mean, I heard stuff about it. And honestly, when um, I, I was on my way home earlier, you know, I had, uh, heard some video and, and I shared it. And honestly, I hadn't even really listened to actually what Colin had said beforehand. Um, and that's that's my fault. I kind of just looked at his action, not his words. But I think you you, you actually posted you didn't care what he said, which yeah you know, yeah. And, I, and then and then well, I changed. Like, I, let me, let me finish real quick. I, I, I did at first, and then well, I, just I was like, well, you, you intentionally oh, didn't feel a need story. Damn. to hear what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Can I finish the story? I'm still talking. I was still talking. Uh, let me finish. Uh-huh. Anyway, what, what I was saying was, yeah, I, I didn't at first care to because I was like, all right, this is kind of ridiculous. The man sat out during the national anthem. And then um, I, I got some, some feedback which made me kind of reevaluate, and actually, I did end up listening to what Kaepernick said, and that's why I actually actually also stepped, stumbled upon the um, Clinton and Trump comments that he had, and amongst other things. And um, yeah, I and I'm guilty, and I know a lot of people. Are, I think a lot of people are going to look at the action independent of the words, and maybe not even care to hear the words. Um, and I think I guess that's what I really mean when I send when I say that he may send mixed messages because some people may just, you know, you, when you when you sit down during the act, you're not giving a speech; you're just voicing expression one way or another through a demonstration, essentially. And there's nothing wrong with that; that has been effective before. Um, but I think that at first, well, by doing something like that, you could potentially alienate some people just because it is kind of like a something which you don't really often see, and it is kind of it, it could be you know, kind of offensive at first. Uh, it has, that certainly has that shock of value. Um, but no, I mean, and I was guilty of it. Uh, I actually didn't listen to hear what he said. I was kind of annoyed. I didn't really want to because to me, you know, there's really no reason for it. But at least after hearing him, I can so, understand his... So, so wait a minute, Trent. Let me, let me ask you... So, hold on, okay. hold on. Let me ask him a question first. Here, Here's my problem. So, okay, you did all of that. You know, and I think a lot of people did that, and I agree with you. But how come you're so quick to go on and talk all that garbage about him? Then you rethink it. I don't see nothing saying, you know, guys, I rethought it, and here's where I'm at. But you were so quick, and you posted quite a bit of trash against this man. And now you've rethought it. You have a a much gentler position about it, and I don't see nothing. I see. I don't see any any public nothing from you. Well, this is yet you were so this is my this is this is my form for that. You know, I mean, for me, you know, eh, when I post on Facebook, don't, don't, don't. I actually, well, it's true. It's true. Actually, I took down that. 
I took down that Facebook post even. I mean, it's 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 the truth. Um, because I wasn't, right, but, you know, but, quick but, but to... Don't, 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 don't con a con, man, man. Don't tell me this is your post. This is, you are very vocal on Facebook about items. And I've said many times, man, you, you're giving away for free when you should just do it on the show. But you still do it, and I gave up. So, yeah, no. This, this, this is a forum, but you are very vocal about issues on Facebook. Very, very vocal. Um, and that was one you were very vocal about. You even posted on my thing, and then you deleted it. No. Remember? And I said, huh, and then you deleted your yeah. post. Yeah. yeah. So I guess my point is, and, and I think this is a problem in this country. Okay. So you've come to realize that maybe you, maybe you prejudged, maybe you didn't have all the information, and now you have a different position, and now you sound more like where I'm at. I don't like it, I don't agree with it, but I support it because it's his right, and he's got a point. I salute the flag. I stand at attention or do whatever it is I'm supposed to do when I hear it. That is my decision. He chooses something different. That's his business. I wouldn't do it that way. But that's what he chooses to do. That's what he chooses to do. And I think he's got a point. I guess my point is if more people like you from the majority came out and said that to people, I think we can really begin to have dialogue. Because when I say it, they say, well, you're black. Of course that's what you're going to say. Train says it. Jay says it, well, you're black. Of course you're going to say it. Nah, there are people like you that feel that way, but they don't say nothing. They just they stay quiet. And we need y'all to come out and support the fact that, one, he has a right to do it, and number two, maybe he got a point. Maybe there's, you know, maybe there's something we need to look at. That's what we really need if we're going to make change. That's how the change is going to happen. Yeah, the other that's, that's actually a good point. I didn't think of it like that, honestly. Really didn't. The only thing I did to you was actually just delete my post because I was just like, all right, this, this was silly. My own initial post, and that's all I really did with what, it. What, within your that's previous, good point. Uh, that's a good point. Within your previous dialogue, uh, K Star, you kind of you said something that, that triggered me to think about. It was you, you said something to the effect of um, people are not people just see what he's done, and even though they hear what he's, well, his reasoning, they're not going to listen. And so the question is, well, why why wouldn't they listen now that they actually hear what he has to say? And I'm going to tell you, this is the truth, and this is one of the things I said before you, before you got on the air, or maybe I did say why he's on the air. Um, they don't care. And there are millions of people that honestly don't care what his reason is. And it's not because they didn't hear the reason. It's that they hear it, and that reason is not applicable to them. It doesn't affect their lives. So they really don't give a shit that that's why he stood up, that they, or that's why he sat down. That's why he had his protest. They really don't. And that's the sad situation when you hear people complain about him sitting is that behind that, they would never say it, but behind that, I see it. I'm just like, wow, you don't care that he's stating that there's police killing young black men. You don't care that these same police, people that become police officers, their training is less than anyone else's training that gets to handle a gun and assert authority in certain situations damn near in all situations dealing with policing. 
no mental tests. We don't make sure they're stable. Now he said this in one in, in one of his dialogues when he got on when he made his comments about Trump and about Hillary. He also stated that we're in the country that we basically give men a handgun after six months of training and say, Hey, you ready? Go protect and serve. No psycho checks or anything. Yeah. They get in a mess, mm-hmm. they get in a freaked out situation and they pull the trigger because they, they feel like they have the authority to. And we've seen some of the videos of some of the incidents, quote unquote. And they're not kosher. They're not justified. And a company and in a country that has a flag for substantial justice doesn't do justice. Or better yet, justice is one sided. Yeah. Yeah. Um see when I hear that justice one sided, I don't know if I completely agree with that. I think that you're right in part demographically because or I'm sorry, it, almost from an economic standpoint, because I think that it's more about I feel like this, when you go to court, you defend yourself, you equip yourself with the best possible lawyer you can get, right? And so I think that when it comes to these type of things, it's mostly about money. And you can tie in, I guess, you know, the race into that as well and say, well, if if it's actually about money, then it doesn't change the fact that, you know, um, white people in this in this country on average are more uh, – have more means than, than, than black people. But I really do think it, it mostly comes down to that economical effect, and maybe that's just the effect of capitalism in general. But justice, well, justice it, is not supposed to instill capitalism. I mean, it's, it's justice, man. Justice is colorblind. Justice shouldn't be bought. Justice is supposed to be justice. Justice is supposed to be right and wrong, protecting those who can't defend themselves. So it shouldn't matter the color of your money or whether you can afford the most expensive lawyer or, or, or I, whether I, you're black or you're white. It's justice. Train, train, I agree. I agree. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. Let me say this. Richard Pryor said it best. You go, to, you go to court looking for justice, and that's what you find, just us. Like, you know, K-Star, it's not economically fair. It's not. You know, white people make more money than black people. That's a fact. You know, white people get better jobs than black people. That's a fact. These aren't, this isn't just my opinion. There's study after study after study. There's organization after organization after organization that's designed to try to level the playing field. The reason affirmative action even became affirmative action is because the hiring practices of corporations was to exclude minorities and people of color. The reason that we even have a housing for urban development is because of the uh, mortgage and rental practices of banks and of landlords was to redline. Redlining means if you live in this neighborhood, then that's where you're going to stay, and we're going to make sure you can't come live in that neighborhood. And there's study after study after study. Even Donald Trump many times was sued by the government for um, – for his housing violations where now I don't know if Trump knew this, but it was his, it was his real estate company that did this, that was leasing apartments out. And if it was a person of color, they would put a C on the application. So they knew not to rent to them. That's a fact that was documented by the department of justice. And Trump had to settle because he got, he got whacked for a lot of money. Facts. 
this is the nation we live in. These are, these are things that happen. And then you say, well, why are we in a situation that we're in? Well, this is exactly why. Because if I go somewhere with my, with my degree, now listen, I've done well. I've had to bust my butt. I can, will never know how successful I could have been had I been white this whole time. I'll never know. But I can assure you it'll be more than it is now. And that's the reality of it. And when people embrace that and understand that this is the battle that we face in this country, when I say we, I mean all of us. This is what we're up against. And this is kind of what Kaepernick's talking about. This oppression is what's making these crimes continue to happen. Because now you have ghettos. In the richest country in the world, we still have ghettos where Dwayne Wade's cousin is pushing a baby carriage, a three-week-old baby she just had and gets murdered. A day after ESPN does a series in Chicago on the all the violent crimes to try to bring more attention and get some resources into Chicago to help it. And the very next day, his, and he was interviewed. And then the next day, and by the way, in case you all don't know, Dwayne Wade is back in Chicago. Okay, that's where he's from. Now he's yeah. playing for the Bulls. Okay? And the next day, his own cousin gets murdered. Right? There's a problem here. And it is a systemic problem. And Kaepernick, to try to keep it relevant to football, because I can go off on politics, but that's not what the show's all about. To keep it relevant to football is Kaepernick is saying, hello. Like, you know, like Herman Edwards, hello. Right? Do you guys not see this problem? It ain't got nothing to do with him specifically. Yes, he's a millionaire. He, he'll never have to work another day in his life once he leaves the NFL. I get it. He, I get all of that. that ain't, that's not the issue. That's not the issue. And, okay, would I have chosen his method? Absolutely not. But I applaud that that's the method he chose, and he has the right to do so. And when more white people, because there are some white people that get it, but we need more. We need more, y'all. And the ones that get it, like that's why I said UK star, you get it. That's what it's sounding like. You kind of get it. So if you get it, why aren't you talking to your people and helping them to get it? Your circle, your family, your friends, and saying, hey, dude had a point. You know what's going on in the black community? I don't want to hear anymore that we created these problems ourselves and we need to stop making excuses. No, I'm sorry. We're not making excuses. This is the reality of the situation. This is, this is fact. Stop telling us that we don't know what we're talking about and help us. So you want, you want me to believe that all lives matter? Then show me black lives matter then. And I will, I will agree with you that all lives matter. Once you show me, majority, that black lives matter too. Please show me. And by showing me means that when something like this happens, the things that I saw on the Internet and what people are saying about this guy is despicable. It's sickening. You would think he went and slapped the Virgin Mary in the mouth or something. The man exercised his First Amendment right. Constitution. Constitution. His rights. And he has a point. And it's time people wake up. Got to wake up. And I'm sorry to go political for a second, but listen, I'm not a huge Hillary fan. I'm really not. The Benghazi thing rubs me the wrong way. The email thing, you know, I smell a lie in there somewhere. I don't think she was forthright, you know. Um, I'm not really sweating the foundation. I think that's a bunch. I've worked with foundations. I think that's a lot of smoke. 
to be to be honest with you. I don't see anything there. Um, I don't see anything there. And like I said, I've worked with foundations for a long time. I know how they work. I, I know the checks and balances that are in place. I'm sorry. I think that's a bunch of smoke and mirrors. But the Benghazi? Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I, you caught my attention there, Hillary. I don't like it. And the email, yeah, you, you lied. Somewhere in there you lied, okay? And that's not what a presidential candidate should do. You want to get in the White House, don't start by lying, okay? But come on, man, ladies and gentlemen, come on, man. Would you listen to the stuff that Trump has said over the last several months? Come on. Somebody, now I like his new campaign manager, the, the young lady he hired. I like her. She's got her head on straight. Okay, I saw her in several interviews. I'm like, wow, I got a lot of respect for her. But somebody got to tell this guy, you might be our next president, which would make him my president too. Okay, well, somebody's got to tell him you can't be talking about building a wall and 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 you know, uh, uh, and Mexico's going to pay for it. No, what you say is, want me to teach you? I'll tell you what to say. We've got an immigration problem. I need to work with Homeland Security. I need to work with Border Patrol. And, yes, I'm going to speak with the Mexican government. We need to figure this out because what I don't think what's been working has been effective enough. We need to figure that out. We, we need to increase policies. We need to con- increase patrols. We need to make sure the systems are in place so that if you do come here and we find out about you, that we can either legalize you. And if you don't want to be legalized, well, then we've got to see what our other options are. There's a way to go about it. We've got a terror issue over here. I don't like how Obama's handled terror. I think we need, we need to address that differently. And we need to pay special attention to people coming in from the Middle East. Did I just say that we're going to exclude anyone who's Muslim? No, but that's what he said. And I can go on and on and on. And please stop telling black people what do we got to lose. Come on, man. If, if you're going to support this guy, which is your right, then somebody needs to go talk to him because he ain't helping. Yeah. The way, the way he words things is terrible. It's, I don't like Trump, don't get me wrong. I, the candidates suck. As far as Trump goes, the way he words things is so ridiculous. I mean, I know what he's trying to say, but he says it in such a aggressive, almost hot-taking manner. It's, it's silly. Uh, and because that's what, when he says that, when bro. he says that, I know. And it's like when he says, like, hey, what do you have to lose? What he's basically saying is what has the liberal policies that you've elected, have they worked for you? Basically, what he's trying to say, but the way he says things is just – it's it's okay, but when you're president, president, and you're in the White House, yeah, yeah, that set us in the Yeah, I, I agree. I don't yeah, like the guy. You, you have to say it right the first time, okay? And that could, if he's talking about another country, you know, and he says something off the top of his head without thinking, we could be at war, like instantly. So you don't get a do-over here. This isn't this isn't the apprentice that they're doing videotape and okay, yep, cut. All right, let's try it again. No, this is it. Everything you say matters. Everything you say counts. And if he doesn't know that, okay, then drop out and let your VP run. Kind of like him, actually. Like he actually kind of okay. I really yeah. hate to say it. He did, good, he did a good job in Indiana. I I kind of like him. To be honest with you, I I may like him more than Hillary. To be honest with you, not there yet, but. I, I would I think this race would be completely different if he was the nominee than it is now. But anyway, I'm sorry. I've been doing a lot. Hey, we got a caller. Let me let me go ahead and bring this this caller in. This is like a Skype caller. We usually don't have a lot of good luck with Skype callers, but uh, we're gonna give it another try. Uh, I got a Skype caller calling into the Madden Voice. What's on your mind? Greetings. How are you? Good. How are Hello. you? Wow, it took so long to respond. 
Okay, I, I want to. You know, Mike, I want you sounded to like a recording for a second. I was like, wait a minute, is this a recording? You didn't sound real. You got that, like, really smooth, like, you know, recording-sounding voice, so I wasn't sure if it was a real person, so good. Well, thank you, sir. I, listen, I want to respond to the incident uh, with the athlete, and I want to show you this. I, if you If you all don't get discouraged with me, I'm, and I want to put this disclaimer out here first. I am not a conspiracy theorist, but I think that Kaepernick's move was a chess move, and I don't think that it came from his own mind or volition. When we look back over history, during election time, athletes and musicians have always been used to do something very, very, how should I say, um, I want to use. I want to be careful to use the right word here. Something to create a firestorm of criticism and controversy. And now I, I know this is going to rub a lot of folks the wrong way, but you you have to look at the thing for what it is within itself. When I look at Jesse Williams, I see the patterns where they these both of these guys are biracial. And they are taking stances on things that are most definitely happening in in this North American container right now. But these are people who have handlers. Don't fool yourself. They're playing chess, the people with money, and the average everyday citizen, other than myself because I'm aware of it, are just playing checkers. I believe that he was led to do that so that we can take our minds and our eyes off of the real issues. And that's that Hillary Clinton is the, is the Richard Nixon of 2016. So when that happens over there, it's like, poof, look over here. Don't look at Hillary. Let me tell you something. Donald Trump, there is a picture of him as big as day, and he is, in, he is a candidate for POTUS. And he didn't salute the flag, and nobody said a thing. But if you put some words to what this athlete is doing, they did the same thing with Gabby Douglas. So I'm not buying it. I think this is a move from the, um, how do I say? I don't want to offend you all about your politics. I so think you, this yeah, is let me a ask calculated you a so you're move. So you're thinking this is, this is Hillary's campaign is has set this up to take some of the heat off of some of the things that have been in the press about Hillary. So let's let's come up with some type of diversionary tactic. Is, is that is that what I'm hearing? Is that where you're going? You're hearing me exactly right, except for Hillary's campaign. It's bigger than that. Um, they're all on the same team. They just want to make us think that they're not because the issues are the same. At the end of the day, they're going to take care of what needs to be taken care of for that 11% or that oligarchy or whatever. Um, I, if you look back in history, Joe Montana, Babe Ruth, um, just various athletes who are very prominent and musicians and actors, they get them to say the things that can stir up controversy. So you're so worried about this guy being disloyal or unpatriotic when you And then when you come down off of that catharsis, when you come down off of that high and you've got yourself all emotionally involved, 
then what's going on, on over here is not such a big issue. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. I, I, it's a diversionary tactic. Do you think there's anything that can divert the nation from what's been going on with Trump and Hillary between Trump's behavior, Hillary's emails, Hillary's foundation, Hillary's Benghazi, um, Trump hiring a new campaign manager seemingly every month, um, you, you know, a, a appealing to the black community and saying, what have you got to lose and so many other things that we've heard. I, I think that temporarily the nation can change focus, um, you know, but the, the, the nation's attention span is short. This Kaepernick thing is going to go away. It's going to, it's going to go away. And and there'll be something else after that. There'll be but something the, the else Trump, after that. But we have an election coming up, so there's really no right. way to take, you know what I mean? Like they, they, we have debates coming up. Um, it's going to be very difficult for anybody to take focus away from that. We're inside a 90, you, about 75 days out from a national election. Um, okay. I got it. Let me ask you this question, and let me get out of your mm-hmm. way so you can take your callers. You actually believe in your righteous mind that Donald Trump is actually a viable candidate? You really believe that he has a hat in this race? You believe that? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. give you the answer to that question. Um, it is sad to me that Donald Trump is a candidate, and it, it is a depiction of where we are in this country that this man is actually being seriously considered to be president of the United States. And it really shows where we are. It shows the problem we have in this country where he could actually lead this nation. I think he is a serious candidate because, unfortunately, he beat out 16 other Republicans, some with some pretty lengthy resumes, to get in this position. And that is because there is a delusional, in my opinion, this is my opinion only, um, part of this country that really thinks that Obama has taken the country backwards, that really has forgotten what Obama inherited under Bush second, and now are saying because of what they perceive to be worse economic conditions, which statistically is not true, because of what they consider to be the worst racial violence in history, which is not true, before, because of what they consider to be the highest murder rate in the country's history, which is statistically not true, but because it's perception, it is turned into their reality, and Trump has played successfully on the fears of people in this nation. That is what he has done, because he is a marketing genius. That is something that we cannot dispute. If you watch his career, Miss America Padgett, the Apprentice, you know, he is a marketing genius. Trump University, yeah, a lot of lawsuits out there, but he sold a lot of memberships. I got one I just was smart enough not to buy. Marketing genius. So what did he do? He went out there and he said, I'm going to market myself, and I'm going to be different, and I'm going to be refreshing, and I'm going to be politically, politically incorrect. And one of two things is going to happen. Either people are going to embrace me or they're going to laugh me out of here. And if they laugh me out of here, I'm a billionaire. I don't care. Well, guess what? Lightning struck, and he got embraced. I would have never predicted that. I thought the guy would fall flat. I thought this country was smarter. I thought the people in this nation would not stand for his rhetoric. And I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever, or do you recall there ever being a president who was not in 
one of the organizations that actually cre- create and make public policy. Donald Trump well, is not well, in the Trilateral Commission. He's not on the Council of Foreign Affairs, Foreign Council of Foreign Relations. He's not a Bilderberger. But so, isn't that what he has? Isn't that what people have said they like? Is he's not an insider? He, he is self-funded. Although we know, if you, if anyone yeah, does research, they, he's not self-funded. Well, I, but that's I, what. I believe that's what they want you to believe, that someone that is not a part of those organizations has a chance when they actually don't. And I'm asking you, give me a president that was not well-connected with these major think tanks and groups. And if you can give me one, then I will change my mind. But there has not been one. That's how you know who's going to win uh, and who's not. Yeah, but that also, but we could also say there's never been an, a president of any African-American descent before Barack Obama. And so no, we can look you, at that and say, and say, well, he has no chance because we've never had them. We've never had a female president either. So, so either way, we're going to have we're going to have something new. We're going to have a president is, that's is, never. Is Hillary in the Trilateral Commission or the Council of Foreign Relations? Those are the questions you should be asking yourself. Well, Hillary was yeah, Secretary of, of other... State. <laughs> I mean, Hillary okay. was Secretary of State. So I'm pretty sure Hillary is very connected. Hillary is an insider. Hillary would definitely be considered. She was first lady, she was senator, and she was secretary of state. So her political background is, you know, is, is pretty solid. Trump, on the other hand, I don't know factually. I think it's safe to say that he probably is not because he has campaigned on a platform of I am not an insider. It is time for change. New Washington. I, I'm not going to do it like everybody else has, has done it. I don't need the connections at all, and because I'm smarter than they are, because I have common sense. His own words. Well, that's so, how you know he's not going to win. That's that's just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, uh, bait and switch. Now, when he when when it gets really close and the rubber meets the road, he's going to turn his followers over to her. He's going to give reasons why. I mean, it, this is nothing new. But I can see that the people are not willing to recognize what is right before their faces. But uh, like you say, that's just my opinion. And I want to thank you for your time. And you all have a great night. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thanks. All right. We actually had a caller to hang up on us. Okay. uh, Yes, you don't mind if I say so. uh, Wow. So I could. I could understand everything she was she was saying. So this is this is what I got. And if you guys got the same thing, then uh, we may all be on the same page. But what I understood from her is Trump is a puppet. Hillary is the target. The Kaepernick situation is a diversion. So that. This country will focus less on what is actually happening with the presidency. That diversion won't last long, but simply because of, I agree with exactly what you said, T, the debates are right around the corner. The minute football season starts, oh, yeah, we'll be watching football, but we'll be watching debates. That's kind of what happens during during that time. Um, but if I can understand her correctly, uh, Trump is truly a – a puppet in place, and Hillary has been the target for president all along. If I, if I, um, if I understand Hillary, what she's saying correctly. Yes. <laughs> I'm hearing that Hillary's the, the target to win, and 
trumps the placeholder to set her up for the win. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and you know, here, here's the thing. Um, obviously, the young lady that just called in was very intelligent, very well spoken. And, you know, on the Mad Voice, we, we respect all people's opinions, all people's viewpoints. And I'm, I'm pleased that she called in. I hope she calls it again. Um, there are many times that I think about doing a separate political show um, because I think that there's, there is a lack of reality when people are talking politics and I'm watching TV and I'm thinking, you're missing the point, you're missing the boat, I don't get it. Um, believe it or not, one of my favorite people to watch is Reverend Al Sharpton. And you can say whatever you want about the civil rights past and all that and you know, uh, for the camera, but if you listen to the points that he makes – they're valid. <laughs> they're like he makes he gets right to the point. He doesn't waste a lot of words and his points are valid. So if you forget the people's prejudices and actually listen to him, makes a lot of points. My point is this. Um they, you either you either support conspiracy theories or you don't. I am not one that supports them, so I don't agree with her. But there are a large segment of this country that do on many levels that support conspiracy theories even talking about 9-11, even talking about Al-Qaeda, even talking about ISIS, you talk about the world economy and things of that nature. There are, there are a lot of shadow organizations. There's a lot. If you just go on and type conspiracy theories, you could literally or go on Netflix and watch that. You could literally educate yourself for days and days and days. Um, the problem with the conspiracy theories is most of the time it is never verified. It's always a theory. And until someone comes out and says, like, 9-11, right? There's all types of conspiracy theories about 9-11, but none of them have ever been proven true. None of them. So I get her point. I do believe that there's a certain level of corruption in politics, which is why I can't laugh at her point. I can't. I just don't think – let me just say this. I sincerely don't think and I sincerely hope that she is wrong because I'd like to think that our forefathers had died so that – we, we could live in this land of free, home of the brave, and all that great stuff. And the people that died so that me, a black man, could actually go vote. Because it wasn't that long ago that I couldn't. Um, just, you know, like before my, before, just before I was born, 1964, um, black people were able to vote. Okay? So all of that happened for a reason. There was a reason why, you know, women couldn't vote for a while and blacks couldn't vote for a while. There was a reason. So to go from that extreme to now saying that really doesn't matter, we're going to get Hillary in office no matter what, it's a stretch for me. It's a stretch for me. But I, I respect her opinion. I respect her opinion. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Um, we are wow. at the end of the show, and um, I don't know if anybody has any final thoughts on any of the things that we've talked about tonight. Um, you know, I'll start with JB. He's he said the least, but um, I'll give you the floor. Any final thoughts or comments? Well, just a lot of interesting comments. That's why I prefer to just sit back and listen rather than trying to speak over folks because I, I feel like you learn more with your ears than, than you can with your mouth. So I appreciate the caller calling in, T. I'm with you. I think it's a stretch to call all of this uh, uh, conspiracy theory. I think that uh, with, with Kaepernick being used as, I guess, basically the spokesperson for it, this, this whole setup, I don't really buy all that. But, again, entitled to opinion, glad that she called it. It produced a very good conversation. Um, to end on the on this note, hey, listen, I mean, we have an issue in this country that we need to figure out how we can solve it. And the more folks we can rally around and educate, the better are our chances of solving that matter. 
it's not going to take one person. It's not going to take a civil blow. It's going to take a united nation. And we're supposed to be the United States. So we have to be remain united in this push towards equality. From a football perspective, oh, a lot of action going on. We're going to see what happens with Minnesota. We're going to see what happens with potential backups uh, for for Dallas, if they're going to go out and get a veteran and see what's going to happen. Last preseason game, ramping up towards week one. Really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a lot of interesting fallout because of the coming coming up. So curious to see who goes where, and we'll find out in the next coming days you know, once everything is settled. That's my thought. Okay. Uh, K-Star. Sad to miss most of the show. I'm actually about to re-listen to this um, once we get off here. Um, but real quick, this sucks about Teddy Bridgewater and the Vikings. Um, hopefully Sean Hill can still make them competitive. And definitely looking forward to next week. Uh, that's when we get to preview uh, week one. Okay. Uh, Dr. Train. Okay. Man, I know I said a mouthful uh on this particular segment, but truth be told, man, I, I definitely spent some time this week just digging into this because I just wanted to be prepared for whatever I heard that I thought was just outlandish. But the one thing I do like is that at the end of the day, we all under, understood the message behind the act and that everyone on this show didn't particularly just stare at the act and just, you know, be completely blind to the message. But whether we would have done it that way or a different way, the point is is that we all understood the message. Uh which means that we all had an open mind to to how we how we view things. Um to bring to 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 the lady's point, uh I would say I do believe I, I wouldn't call myself a conspiracy conspiracy theorist, but I definitely believe that there are and have been conspiracies, uh, but only time will tell uh, for those um, particular conspiracies. But um, know the topics I just I just don't talk about. I just watch to to see what happens uh, and pray that I don't get a backlash from whatever the conspiracy is. But someone always has a diabolical plan and. Uh, you definitely have to at least be alert or uh, be aware. To bring it back to football, spoke about Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, as a as a, as a rival of, of Minnesota. Hey, I'm just like, ouch. But I, I really I really hate that I won't get a chance to see that dude take another step uh, in his career for a third season. Uh, as far as my team, I want y'all I want y'all to understand. I've been thoroughly disappointed in Chicago over the preseason. I don't care about preseason records. I got a coworker that comes in here and like, oh, man, they lost that preseason game. Like, dude, it's preseason. No one cares. All I care about is how you play. Look like you were prepared to actually play football, and apparently Chicago has not looked that way. So I'm hoping that by the time September 11th get here and we play our pre- first for our first real season game, and all of a sudden it's like the hat trick. It's like, wow, they told you we had something up our sleeve. I'm hoping I see a hat trick, but I have a feeling that I really won't see a hat trick, at least not from the offense. So not really 
excited going into the preseason as I was prior prior to now. Um, go team Prescott. I'm really pulling for the dude. <laughs> Tony Romo, I hope you get well, but honestly, I, I hope Prescott is is successful. I, I, that's that's actually what I would like to see. I hope what I've seen in preseason uh, transpires somewhat in the regular season, because uh, that that'll be that'll be kind of awesome. Okay, um, <laughs> you know I could talk about this stuff all night, but I'm not going to do that. But I just found something <laughs> that I think really summarizes where I'm at with this whole Kaepernick situation. I I just saw this on on Facebook. Uh, Colin Kaepernick says America is not great. People tell him to leave. Donald Trump says America is not great, may become president. That is white privilege in a nutshell, folks. Um, Yeah, kind of summarizes where I'm at with this. Um, We have a problem in this country, and we need to do something about it. Um, I have spent a career trying to help low-income people of color build assets so that they can improve their own situation, be less dependent or completely you know, independent of of assistance and government aid, and that's been my contribution to fight the problem is is education and and helping people that may not know how to get there with financial security. And I challenge people in this country, what's your contrib- what's your contribution? Because if all you're doing is scrolling Facebook, and, and I don't, I'm not tar- I'm not meaning this towards UK Star. This is a general. I see a lot on Facebook, but if all people are doing is posting on Facebook, they're disgust, but not doing anything to address the problem. Well, you're part of the problem. What are you doing to help? What are you doing to put some focus on the situation? Okay, because it's a real life situation. And hey, November 8th, I believe is election day. Vote for whoever you want. I'm going to respect whoever becomes president, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, that, that's going to be our president. But somebody needs to get with Trump and just let him know what he's been doing is, is, is not helping this country because you are visible now. You are, you are much more visible right now than you've ever been in your life. And whether you get elected or don't get elected, everything you do now is under a microscope and is going to affect the presidency for the next four years. Okay, It's affecting the presidency now. And so just take a deep breath and think before you speak and think about it. Okay, do the three-second rule. One, two, three. Okay, now I'll speak, okay? But you have not helped anything in the year plus that you've been running. You have done nothing to help, nothing. And I don't even want to go down the list of things, but I get it. Kaepernick blasted both of them, but I don't see blacks getting thrown out of Hillary's campaigns. And, and being encouraged to be beat up as they're being thrown out. And I'll pay your legal fees if you get arrested. You know, that's happening in one campaign, not in any others. And I can go on and on. Somebody needs to, re- you know, control this guy. Rein him in. Run a respectable campaign for the last two, three months. You might win. Hillary ain't doing anything to help her out, help herself out. You might win. But stop what you've been doing. Kaepernick, thank you. You're giving us something to talk about. We appreciate it. As to my Cowboys, going to take it one week at a time, baby. It's, I'm, on the, I'm on the DAC train right now, but, you know, it's a tall task. And let's see what he's got. Okay, he did it in preseason. But you know what? you got to go out and do it in the regular season. And right now we know he's starting week one. That's about as far as we've gotten. They haven't gone past week one. 
uh, made any decisions yet, so we'll see what happens. So that's all I've got for Dr. Train, for JP, and uh, for K-Star. Hey, tonight we were the political voice as much as we were the Madden voice. But at the end of the day, all feuds are still settled on the field. We'll see you next week, everybody.